welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nothing. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy from Afar, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, former FPL champion Chuck Bailey and super producer <laughs> Ian Stimson. Look at me, look at me. I'm the champion now. Why, what have you won? Game week one. Game week Game one. Game week one. Right. Yeah, well, you didn't win it. last Game year, Game week did one you? trophy. Print it up. Make it. I want it. The Manager of the Week Award. The well-known Manager of the Week Award. <laughs> wow, you got really quiet. He did not like me bringing up that I'm ahead of you guys at all. <laughs> no, it's just the fact you said I'm former champion. I am champion. <laughs> fair That's enough, it. Fair you enough. don't say okay. Man City are former champions. They are champions. And they're going to remain champions. But let's wait a little bit to get into the football. <laughs> oh, well, but no, I, I actually agree with Oscar because Peterborough are current champions of League One. That's, yeah. There you go. Not. Yeah. You are currently in first place. Yeah. By virtue of the fact that you are the Mitrovic of League One, um, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I mean, good, good for you. You're the only team to win your two games. It's a strong league. As it's many as league. two. Are you going right back up then? <laughs> I guess we're doing Posh Island. It's a, it's a good sign, isn't it? Beating the slugs of Morecambe, uh, <clears> but you know, <laughs> um, I don't know. It's it's League One. We're, I'm very happy that we've won our opening two games. Posh don't start well. That's enough posh island. I'm very happy. All right. What about Wagon the Christie? There was a verdict. Someone owes someone a lot of money or something. We never <laughs> talked about it, I realized. You obviously are no. going to be doing part three of your Patreon specials at some point, but give us a Wagon the Christie update because I, I know there was a... I can't keep up with the Wagon the content. The, the, the judgment came down. It's uh, 75 pages. Did I read them? Sure. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I've got, to, I've got to pull good notes from them, and there are good notes from them. Oh, my goodness. And... Uh, then Rebecca Vardy decided to uh, do an interview where she says, uh, I don't think the judge really understood the case. Well, she wrote a fucking lot about it and she seemed to understand it pretty well. Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. So, yeah, there'll be a part three, definitely. I've got a holiday soon, so I'll, I'll uh, really <laughs> dig into the aftermath. Excellent. Well, if you want to hear more about what I get the Christie, that's patreon.com slash milesoffside and or <laughs> patreon.com slash milesoffsidepod. Love you, Ian. Oh, no, they're like our best performing episodes ever. This is going out to everyone. We need. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll stick it on main. <laughs> yeah, although um, the Disney one, too, right on our YouTube, that one's like random Disney people are finding yeah. us by accident. Yeah, the Star Wars one on YouTube did really well. I mean, literally on YouTube, they just all go up automatically with just a slate of the miles offside. So it's the most boring video ever. Yeah. And your Star Wars one suddenly got more views than we've ever had before. Yeah, well, so what, they like, get like five? We get like one, two, one, no, it was one, ten within, the, uh, within seconds of Look me uploading it. Look at us, it. double digits. We're making it big time, boys. <laughs> this is it. Um, well, if you are joining us for the first time and you found us because of a Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser podcast or a Wagatha Christie podcast, sorry, you're in the wrong place. No, but you're stick in around. absolutely the right place. Yeah, stick around. Um, we are one American and two Brits, and we try to talk about the Premier League, but often get distracted. Uh, if you're back, we love you. We appreciate it. Thank you. Leave us a review. Five stars. Patreon.com slash Miles Offside. I'll give you a second to put that review in. Pod. Excellent. And uh, we'll kick things off as we always do, and by always I mean usually, with our very, very famous <laughs> segment. <clears throat> rapid, rapid, rapid fire news. Our top story this evening. Barcelona have told Frankie de Jong they want to annul his existing contract and return to the deal he was on before, alleging the terms given to him by the club's previous board involved criminality and provide grounds for legal action against those involved. He wasn't getting paid. He deferred his wages to do you pricks a favor. And now <laughs> you're trying to press charges on him for something illegal that you have fucking done. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reporting themselves uh, for the criminality of the contract. Yeah, and they cost themselves thirty million in criminal gains. They're in gains taxes because of the way Capital they tried gain. to like. Yeah, fucking these people just consistently across the board are trying to do a Man City and PSG and just failing every single fucking time. <laughs> well, they they forgot the part where they have to own a country with oil in it. <laughs> exactly. Don't try and play at their game. You won't be able to do it. You're also going up against La Liga, not UEFA. So clearly the league were a bit less inept in these things. I know. Even UEFA said no to them because they asked UEFA for like several seasons worth of Champions League money up Please front. Please give and us all UEFA our Champions like, League money up front. Yeah. And UEFA was like, you're not necessarily going to like qualify. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. That was the message sent back to them. Well... Well, you you might not qualify. Uh, I mean, you might not even fucking exist if things carry on like this. They got Jesus knocked Christ. out the Europa League last year. That was a thing. They could have played <laughs> West Ham in the Europa League last year because they got knocked out in the Champions League group stages. So fuck them. Oof, can you imagine? Suing your own players, honestly. That's like just straight up coercion. Uh, so come to Chelsea. Please, Frankie. We will give you a loving home and we have no. Champions League on no, offer, no, no, unlike no, Man no, United, so... You. Loving home? Hmm. Uh, no, Frankie, take them down. Take them <laughs> the fuck down. Chelsea literally offered to pay his deferred wages as part of our deal, too. So, like, come to the bridge. Um, but let's move on to our next story. Um, Premier League players have decided to stop taking the knee before every game in 2022-2023 season. Uh, the anti-racism gesture will instead only be seen before certain rounds of games, including the Boxing Day fixtures, as well as cup finals. The Premier League said in a statement, the players have decided to use specific moments during the upcoming campaign to take the need to amplify the message that racism has no place in football or society, but they're not going to do it regularly anymore. As the resident uh, non-white person on the podcast, I will give my opinion on this, which is that that's fair enough. I do see the the gesture was just kind of becoming a shallow sort of thing so to speak like it, it, you know it had i think mostly lost its meaning at this point just the thing that people did because they did it so to not get rid of it completely but to save it for like special occasions to amplify its meaning uh makes sense to me i hope that they continue to do other stuff obviously to keep fighting said racism because it continues to be a very big problem um in the game at large but i don't know i'm okay with this um they you know the the captains are the ones that all voted on it and they obviously got input from all their players and stuff. So, I don't know. Do you boys have any uh, any sort of opinions on the knee and the taking of the knee? Well, as a sort of white middle-aged bloke, I don't feel particularly uh, qualified to comment. So, uh, it's it's one of them that feels feels a bit iffy. I, 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 my initial thought was that it felt like a bit of a backward step. But I guess, like you say, if, it, if it's been purely symbolic and nothing's has anything changed behind the scenes, I don't know. We'll see if we get more... Ultimately, what we want to see is more non-white managers, more non-white people on the boards of clubs. You know, that's the sort of, that's the sort of thing that will bring about real change. And so, yeah, I got you know, as, as long as it's not being a, totally abandoned as a thought, then I guess you can get behind it. All right, fair enough. Um, let's just keep going through our stories then. And the next one is a uh, a pretty nice one actually. Some nice nice things for once. Uh, Luke Ayling became the first ever current. Premier League player to attend a Pride event in the UK on Sunday afternoon as he joined Marching Out Together for a special day at Leeds Pride 2022. The club sponsored the event for a second time and ensured a real presence was felt on the day to showcase the support the club has for the LGBTQ plus supporters and the local LGBTQ plus community. Um, during the appearance, the Leeds defender not only took time to walk the entire parade 
through the city center, but he also engaged with those in attendance, taking photos, signing autographs, etc. A good thing. Disappointing that actually that this is the first time a current Premier League player attends a Pride event. Like that is kind of surprising to me. Um, but good on Leeds. We stand Luke Ayling. We stand Leeds now, at least for the time being, in my opinion, because that's awesome. So good things. We love to see good things. Um, and, you know, we hope to continue to see them at more clubs and more players, but officially team Leeds, at least for a little while from the podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> we uh, adopt teams on certain things, don't we? <laughs> from time to time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see what else. We have some Premier League changes. Um, handshakes are back. Uh, at the beginning of the match, do we care? I guess the only good thing about handshakes being back is that now we get to see who is refusing to shake hands with who again. Yeah, you know that's <laughs> true. Occasional we'll drama. Have a bit of drama. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Is that the only change? No. <laughs> um, and then the other big change is that uh, they're going to be having more rest at Christmas, which is nice. Although they're going to count. Not this fucking year. They're not. It's quite a big World Cup. <laughs> yeah. Um, a usual complaint from Premier League managers is that Christmas period is too hectic. Teams will no longer be asked to play two games in 48 hours. Yeah. Uh, and when no. Champions League... <laughs> wow. That's <laughs> so nice. <laughs> uh, when Champions League clubs play away on a Wednesday, they won't be expected to play in a Saturday lunchtime slot. Um, however, the Premier League did also give approval for clubs to play friendlies during the World Cup, <laughs> with several sides likely to head overseas for a warm weather training camp. I want to believe that the Premier League just sent a, a letter to every club or every player going, guys, this year, just have the end of November up to Boxing Day off. You know, yeah. just you can just don't play any well, games. It's fine. You know, there, there, you know, the World Cup thing. Um, the League Cup, uh, the League Cup is between um, the World Cup coming back and uh, Christmas. Uh, there's a round of that in there. Is it really? uh, they then play on Boxing Day, and then they still <laughs> play on New Year's Eve. So you know, the whole 48 hour thing, though, it's just like 96 uh, hours. They didn't off. say 49 hours though. 49 <laughs> hours is not 48. So correct. Enjoy your holiday. They made a the really big deal out of taking one game out. <laughs> one very generous very and, uh, generous why would you let them play friendlies during the world cup like come on man you can't just let players sit around for six weeks doing nothing like i think everyone overestimates the amount of players that are going to be leaving the premier league that well, like i'm sure if we broke it down there's a hell of a lot of players who are still there league one isn't even stopping for fuck's sake yeah exactly proper football <laughs> There you go. They should be playing once in Qatar, Qatar on a Wednesday, playing fucking Torquay on a Friday. You know what I mean? Get back here if you want it, you pricks. You get paid enough, don't you? Huh? Until your legs are down to bloody stumps. That's Run till they bleed. <laughs> um, uh, some good news. Fashion. <laughs> I have no no transition for that, but Mike Dean's back. Yay! Yay! Sort of. Did he ever really um, leave? Mike Dean retired in May, but he's decided to take a dedicated VAR position, uh, which yes. means that he will be doing VAR stuff. So um, I just hope they mic him up so we can hear him give sass <laughs> to the VAR need. screen. I'm picturing him like having yellow cards and just in the <laughs> VAR room by himself. Is it a coincidence, A, that clearly all those letters I wrote to him worked, and B, the fact that Mike Dean is coming back as they're going to release audio recordings of the conversations between the referee and VAR oh, after the match. Oh, is that right? Is that yeah. really true? Yes, they oh, are. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm oh. definitely putting two and two together here and deciding that that is because of Mike Dean. <laughs> That's it. He's just the VAR for every game from now on. Yes. 
Actually, we you highlighted on Twitter, Chuck, uh, that yeah. um, we've got a new referee who. Uh, that, 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 that was so good. Describe that video because the then I've got another one. The bloke one, against Accrington Stanley who went right. The first one's for the foul. The second yellow's for the scent. That one's a red. Off you go. <laughs> yeah, See you so later. Good. See you later. Sorry. See you later. He said, "Yeah, such style." And then the, the week previous, I meant to bring it up. Actually, there was a brilliant uh, ex posh player, Lee Lee Tomlin, who is an absolute shit house. Um, he decided that he was gonna, you know, do what players sometimes do when they don't agree with a foul, and he just sort of nudged mm-hmm. the ball away. Uh, so the the referee came over and booked him. He nudged the ball away again, and. You know, didn't didn't get anything for that. But then another player sort of came up and just slightly bumped him, you know, in the way of like, come on, mate, what the fuck are you doing? And he went down like a sack of shit and he's a big lad. So he just hit the deck. <laughs> like this like, little nudge should not have put him down. And he went down like a sack of shit. And then when he went, he got up, the referee went, I'm not having that. Second yellow, fuck off. Second yellow for simulation. Just so good. Because he sort of got away with one with kicking the ball away a second time anyway. But it, honestly, if you should seek out the league. Tomlin uh, sending off from a couple of weeks ago is so good. Some people just don't know when to stop. I think these referees are getting the idea though, aren't they? Uh, uh, instant yellow, second yellow for descent or instant mm. second yellow for fucking around simulation. Didn't, I love didn't it. Didn't seem to uh, translate into the Premier League this week but um, there we go. <laughs> no, no, there we go. <laughs> oh man, do you want to do you want to take a second to, to vent about the refereeing? They're all shit. In the Premier every, League, it was terrible every everywhere. Every single, I've been looking through Twitter. Every single club has complained this weekend that every yeah. single referee has an agenda against them. They're just all <laughs> shit and not fit for purpose. Don't take it personally. There is no big six agenda. There is no Liverpool or Penchester United or Arsenal. It's just they're <laughs> shit for every fucking club. Every yeah. club. And until something like, ah, oh, Mike Dean's got to sort this out. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to rest to him. Come on. They're already trialing auto var, aren't they? That they're off through offside. Cuts the time it takes to make a decision to less than half. So yeah, lovely. I mean, I'm always in favor of like you know when var came in, we were like, or I guess I should say, I was like the only person defending it. So less bad well, mistakes. Well, I think we all like the idea of var just because it. it ultimately less mistakes are made. But, but what we're saying just... is the worst bit about the robot technology is the human operator. Well, yeah. <laughs> That is it. It was implemented quite badly, and there's had to be constant tweaks to it all the way along. And now this, you know, now they're not giving any penalties apparently because no, uh, now they just let every decision stand. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh man, we're gonna have gone through another World Cup where they're gonna have done VAR better than the Premier League, and they still haven't. It's been it's been four years, yeah. and they still haven't figured out how to do it well. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah it's been four years of VAR. Yeah, four years of this podcast, four years of VAR. Uh, which mm. one was worse for the game? Tweet us. Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Which one's had a more detrimental effect <laughs> to your mental health and your life? Oh, all right. Well, not to take a hard right turn, but a bit of a more somber story to wrap up the rapid fire news here. Um, a banner calling for Arsenal to lead the way on tackling violence against women was flown at the game against Crystal Palace. Feminist campaign group Level Up teamed up with Arsenal fans who have funded the protest. They want to see the club introduce a disciplinary policy for players accused of violence. The banner read, kick rapists off the pitch. Uh, in the coming weeks, Benjamin Mendy, Manchester City defender, will be tried after being charged with eight counts of rape, one count of sexual assault, and one count of attempted rape. Um, sim- um, in the same vein, Brian Giggs is currently um, facing domestic violence charges and obviously the player at the red 
London team has that whole thing going on. I think we just want to say for our uh, side of it, first of all, great job with the banner. Love that that happened. Love that it was Arsenal fans funding that. Um, love that they're getting involved with different groups that are more knowledgeable than they would be on important issues like that. Um, talk to the people that know things about things. Uh, but for us, um, as long as we're sort of on the subject, we just wanted to say that last season we did not really cover Man United or as little as possible uh, while they were still playing He Who Shall Not Be Named. Um, given the unbelievable circumstances at Arsenal right now, we will be employing the same policy, uh, which is to say that we will not be covering Arsenal uh, until such time as that player is not playing for them. So, yeah, that's just kind of where we are at as a podcast. Because, you know, whatever small voice we have, we will direct in other directions until hopefully clubs can uh, start to see that they need to be better, that we all need to be better, that the game needs to be better, that fans need to be better. I'm assuming you didn't want to talk about Palace losing anyway, Chuck, so we get out of that one this week. (laughs) Um, But let's get to the fixtures on that note. And uh, we'll kick things off with Saturday at 12.30 slash 7.30 slash 4.30 for our West Coast fans. And we had Fulham 2, Liverpool 2, Fulham 1.4 to Liverpool's 1.9 on XG. Boys, I think we should start with talking about Fulham here because they deserve it. Fulham looked good? Question mark? Is that the word? How? Where? Fulham... Uh, very confused. Uh, Mitro! <laughs> well, the, the, the easy, easiest, laziest narrative that everyone was running with was just the endless thing of Mitro can't do it in the, in the Premier League, yada, 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 which we looked at last week where he's basically alternated decent year, fallow year um, for five years. And the last time he was in the Premier League was under this weird thing with Scott Parker where he decided not to play his best player or build his team around him and just fucking cast him out. And then lo and behold, they got relegated um, and he lost his job the next season. But they, from minute one, it looked like Liverpool was still like in pre-season mode. They thought they had time on the ball. They thought Fulham were just going to fear them and act with deference. And Fulham just absolutely got into them and tore them apart. Um, it's only, the only reason it's two all was because Liverpool do have the quality there and managed to tie it together, especially at the end once Firmino came on off and, and Nunez came on. Yeah. Yeah. They made that change pretty close to halftime. I think it was like five, 10 minutes after halftime. And then it was a completely different game after that. Um, it seemed, I, I'm with you. I think it seemed Liverpool came off kind of arrogant to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Liverpool are broken. I'm not concerned about Liverpool. They're going to still be Liverpool. Obviously. I'm worried about their midfield. Well, they haven't had a midfield and like they still were one of the best teams in the world last year. So like they could figure out a way around it. They've done that. Um, yeah, but Henderson and Milner in the midfield, like, ooh. Yeah, it's not, no, it's not good. I'm not saying that they have a good midfield. I'm saying they've managed to mitigate that effect in the mm. past. So maybe, I don't know. But for me, the big decision was starting for Mino. Like they didn't think that Fulham were going to have anything and they would be able to like play a slow game and just recycle possession and keep it up and just like that type of game that would suit for Mino more. Um, mm-hmm. Which frankly, if you know anything about Fulham, you know that they're going to attack. That's all they know how to do. And so that felt extremely arrogant to me to play him instead of Darwin Nunes. I don't know if that was a fitness thing or a tactical thing or whatever, but it came back to bite them in the ass and it cost them two points here. I don't know, Ian. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I, th- I, I echo what you what you say. It's, it seemed like they hadn't hadn't really. Uh, this seems ridiculous with Liverpool's analytics, but it seemed like they just hadn't done their research on Fulham and didn't know what what to expect. 
and it seemed like they'd believed the the media trope that uh, Mitrovic is is slow, only a target man. You haven't got to worry about him, and that that was not the case. He was he was pressing as much as anyone, and uh, he was uh, he was bang up for the game, and he he might be bang up for the mm-hmm. Premier League this season, coming off the Championship season. He had, um, yeah, it was. I thought it was. Disappointing from from Liverpool if you're a Liverpool fan, but I think it was uh, it was Fulham's day. I think the the draw was fully deserved, and they've. I think we discussed them having certainly relative tricky fixtures, and if they can nick the odd point like this, and then and then push on from there, then they'll be all right. Out the you know the promoted teams will obviously will go through it later, but I thought um, obviously Bournemouth. Uh, looked decent against Aston Villa, but I mean, Fulham. I don't think anyone saw Fulham taking a, a draw at Liverpool before the game. Yeah. And um, whereas the other results you might have seen going that way, so I I think it's it was impressive from them. Um, I don't think it helps uh, uh, Silver's shout that he wants more players from the board because they might uh, look at this and go, "Hey, fine, you drew with Liverpool. What the fuck are you moaning about?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. Uh, yeah, I thought it. I thought it was hope. Hopefully, for Liverpool fans, it will be a bit of a slightly a wake up call that you can't just you can't take any game in the Premier League uh, yeah. easily because I I hadn't thought about that. What you said there, Oscar, with with playing Firmino maybe being a, a little bit of a because Firmino is probably going to be the second choice eventually this season in that role by next week. Like yeah. I think they're going to have <laughs> yeah. learned from that mistake. And so yeah, maybe playing him was a, a sort of we can we can do this without getting out of third gear. Mm-hmm. And that was not the case. Fulham did not relent on them at all. What Chuck says about the midfield is absolutely yeah. right. They Fulham absolutely pressed them, harried them, didn't let, didn't give them any time on the ball. And I think that's what Liverpool expected. They expected no. time on the ball, and they just did not get it. Yeah, Mitro absolutely dominated um, Alexander Arnold with a mismatch for the first goal, and um, you know Van Dijk even couldn't deal with him, um, and, and obviously caused a penalty. Um, it's, it'll be interesting to see here because obviously Fulham, we knew kind of based on what we were told by um, Fulham fans that Fulham were going to try and play this way and play attacking. You know, they were the highest scoring team in the championship last year. And so you wonder if this game just felt like they went at it with a more reckless abandon because it is a free hit, basically. Yes. So I think the next fixtures of Wolves and Brentford kind of give us an interesting a proposition mm. to see if they do decide to try and play in the same way um, and whether it's just that, that they caught Liverpool on a really bad off day and uh, I feel sorry for whoever's playing Liverpool next because uh, <laughs> I want to get revenge on them um, who, whichever team that might be um, but yeah I think that's really encouraging for Fulham fans to get a point here but there's 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 still work to be done let's not you know overblow anything that there's there's still a long way to go would you say this changes your estimation of where Fulham can finish i think both of you have them going right back down or do you still are you still like yeah they're they're definitely going back down does this plant a seed of doubt there for you like where, where are you at not after one game it doesn't doesn't change my opinions much one one game at one point you know it's yeah yeah I would still say that obviously I think they're going to be in the relegation fight. It just, mm. you know, uh, if I think we'd have ranked them before and we we sort of did, we said that Nottingham Forest had the biggest like margin of, of of error when it comes to where you where you predict them, and it. You know, the first game just showed well. Nottingham Forest are not there yet because they're, they're just they've made so many signings and yeah, they're, they're, they're still making more. 
Yeah, still making more. Yeah, they still said there's I more mean, to yeah, be done. Enfo have signed 47 players, I think, this summer. Enfo! They're up to 12. <laughs> wow. Oh, God. <laughs> and Fulham are sort of maybe a little bit more good to go, cohesive. But, I th- you know, I think they will still struggle over a season with so few players. The main thing, and, you know, we can kind of use this and we wanted to, like you said before, talk about the, the promoted sides in general here. I think the key impact is not necessarily on what we think, but perhaps on how the other teams are going to treat it by, because there Mm. were enough teams looking over their shoulder anyway. And then you get Fulham coming in and performing like that. You're like, okay. And then Mm. Bournemouth managing to see off seemingly abject Villa 2-0 is another one that it's like, oh shit, you know, teams like your Everton's, your Leicester's, your Wolves, your, your Southampton's, your whomever people are variously tipping for, for relegation. Um, that is potentially falling through the trapdoor. Even teams like Brentford, you never know, um, or Palace or Brighton. Yeah, you need to be a bit more on your game now because it's not necessarily going to be as cut and dry that these teams are going to be way worse quality, you know? Yeah, although I will say for Bournemouth, it was 0.5 to 0.6 on XG, so like the 2-0 flatters them significantly. Um, so like I, I definitely wouldn't revise my opinion of Bournemouth, but for me, at least like with Fulham, I think, I don't think that I'd necessarily want to predict them higher than I did on average, but I do think that this, to me, was a higher ceiling than I thought they were capable of. It's one game, dude. It's I know one it's game. one game, but it was Liverpool, and they fucking bossed and it. Was, and it was two goals, and it wasn't yeah. a nick. You no, know? It, like they, they deserved uh, everything they got in that phase of play, um, which is not something I thought they were capable of, honestly. Like, like That's what I mean, that it raises their ceiling. I didn't think they could do that, even for one game or even for 60 minutes of a game. But we should, I guess, talk about Liverpool a little bit. It was completely the game of two halves. Like when Darwin Nunes came out, they mm. they destroyed Fulham. Like they, you know, he had almost two back heel goals, like back to back. Carbon copy, like the one that didn't go in and the one it's that like did. His first two t- two shots, sorry, in the Premier League. <laughs> um, and I believe that it's the first time someone's debut is a back heel. I want, so I saw that on Twitter with someone who like works at ESPN. Their debut goal, yeah. Incorrect. Jean-Philippe Mateta did a pirouette back heel against Brighton when we beat him 2-1 in COVID. So whoever did that stat, do your fucking research. Yeah, ESPN FC, <laughs> bad. Um, don't believe them. But uh, I don't know. Should we, like, Darwin straight into FPL? He looked fucking incredible when he came on. They looked like a completely different team. No, but Oscar, he had those couple of games in preseason where he didn't do well. <laughs> you can't go against the Twitter narrative. Sort of like how... Erling Haaland didn't score four goals in the Community Shield, so he's also a shit buy. You know, <laughs> this is the kind of reactionary nature we must have. I mean, honestly, yeah. it was a masterclass from uh, Klopp to leave him off the bench, start Firmino, throw the game for the first 60 minutes so that he could bring him on <laughs> and make him a club hero straight off the bat. I'm sure that was fully his, but yeah, you yeah. know, it's they had the quality to make the most of a couple of mistakes. I think the second goal especially was just like a, an absolute bundle in. Uh, it was, again, obviously a beautiful ball in by Trent Alexander-Arnold. But yeah, you know, they, they Liverpool did what they needed to do to, to win, just to, to, to not win, sorry, to, to try and get it back. They just went all out. Um, be a bit worried with, obviously, Thiago going off, uh, injured. Fabinho did get subbed off. Um, it's whether Harvey Elliott can work. I mean, he had a fairly decent understanding with Trent Alexander-Arnold, I thought, in the game when he came on as the right side of of the, the centre mids. Um, perhaps this year that's where we'll see Jota, maybe on the left-hand side, and create something a bit different. Who knows? As well as being out on the wing. Um, Luis Diaz was very unfortunate, I think, not to get 
at least a goal out of that game. Yeah. And so there were a lot of moments there where, you know, you look at the XG and you're like, yeah, fair enough, 1.4, 1.9. Fulham had a penalty, so that's about a 1.75 or so. So Liverpool were creating a lot and you think, you know, because of their quality, they could have easily had three or four there if things are different. But that's not the story we have here. Fulham did a, a an absolutely wonderful job and... Yeah. To sum up, Oscar thinks Nunez is the new Origi. That's the fucking Origi. Yeah. <laughs> no, because he should be starting, and Origi should never have started ever. Um, well, from one team that did do everything they needed to and did actualize uh, a very impressive result, a terrifyingly impressive result, frankly, um, I had to turn it off partway through the game because I could not bear to watch anymore. Uh, that was Tottenham 4, oh, Southampton <laughs> 1. This one's for all the hams. Uh, Tottenham 1.5, Southampton 0.5 on XG. Holy fucking shit, Spurs looked good. Oh my god. They gave me vibes of the Chelsea team that won the title like at a trot. Didn't fucking hesitate to just every game was in full control from minute 0 to minute 90. They looked exactly like that. And it sucks and it's terrifying and I hate it so much. <laughs> Uh, is Sally Sue's goal the best or worst <laughs> own goal ever? I'm trying to decide whether it is the best own goal since he was on his own and had so much time. So bizarre. And just went, no, I don't. I can't deal with it. That's like the uh, psychological There's nothing impact. I can do other than pop this one in. He was representative <laughs> of Oscar's internal turmoil just on the pitch. He was like, no, <laughs> mummy, I don't want it anymore. Just pass it into my own net. If it's three, does that mean it's over? I don't know. Um, <laughs> what he thought that would just finish the game. Yeah, so. he thought, is there is that enough? Can I get subbed off if, if this happened? Still <laughs> stayed on. Uh, still got kept on. Hassan um, oh, who doesn't know how to plan for defenders. Um, but yeah, Kulisevsky was I- immense. Um, Sessegnon, yes, vindicated. I said he'd be good. Played over Perisic, <laughs> didn't he? Yeah. Mm. Oh, he's won sure, everything. Sure, sure. Fuck off. Sessegnon. Um, yeah, they they were ridiculous. And weirdly, like, Harry Kane was absolutely anonymous. He was drawing defenders out of position, if I'm being generous. but oh, he was it, doing his it, thing. Yeah, it really looked like the play was happening around him. I've been accused of bashing Kane too much, so I shouldn't say anything. No, it's fine. Because we look, we've always said he's very talented, but he's got ankles made of cobwebs and things like that so it's mm-hmm. uh, you know that the, the the criticism of him has always been uh, based on the health side of it rather than the you know finishing and the 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 player that he is but um when you've got son and kulisevsky who looks fucking brilliant did get told by antonio conte in a post-match uh he needs to be a bit more humble <laughs> wants to be the best but he needs to know how to show humility um, fuck that that was an interesting <laughs> one yeah uh, he's very charismatic if you watch some of his interviews he's done on panels and stuff like that but okay, yeah incredible absolutely incredible and I think it, it is the Kane the, Harry Kane is exceptionally good at scoring from outside the box right that's like a known thing so for defenders it's like what do I do do I go with yeah. this guy and allow Son and Kulazewski just to run at me and their wing backs <laughs> and whatever? Or do I leave him the space and just allow him to score from 20 yards out? Like, it's a bit fucked. And just this time, they decided because they're Southampton and they're just defending optional to, to just allow. Defending entirely optional. The, the gaps between their defenders were insane. And when you've got that level of attacking front three, and that's like you say, without even the wing backs. 
that level of attacking front three to leave the gaps they did between between themselves is absolutely criminal. Playing and I don't three. know. Mm. I don't know whether. The, sorry, playing with a back three as well. Hassan Hootel yeah. was not happy. <laughs> He's like, I well. can't. Basically, said I can't coach these people. Like, oh, don't say that, mate. I've been saying this. I think Southampton is going to go down, or I think they have a very, very, very high risk of going. They're going to be there or thereabouts based on this. I mean, I thought it was. Look, they're playing a Tottenham who have had a very good preseason and a very good transfer window. It's always going to be a tricky game, but I just think that mm. Southampton have this unnerving ability to make games harder for themselves. They do it all the time. They've lost their last four years' season openers, so you know this is not just not them. good starters. Then this okay. is just them. <laughs> As well, we need to accept that. Are you worried for Tottenham Chelsea then next week? Would that be safe to say? It depends on what the starting back line is, because if it's uh, Silva and SP together, that's kind of terrifying. We'll see. We we will probably have a Kukurea or Fafana in the starting line. I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe. Fafana, I, I should be worried. I, I know that for sure. <laughs> so. Third best manager in the league. So third third place. There they go. All right. Um, let's move on then to uh, for the first time this season. It is time to give out the Sean Dyche Memorial Award for the least deserved <laughs> result, and that is our cue the jingle, please. Oh, they're better than they ought to be. Burnley of the week. That's right. We had a Burnley of the week. Uh, this isn't really a match that we're going to want to talk about, I don't think. But we had Leeds two Wolves one. Leeds scoring two goals on zero point six xg. Uh, two Wolves is one point three. So thoroughly undeserved result. Less than half of the xg got the two one win. Um, more than tripled their xg in the number of goals that they scored. Uh, a textbook. Burnley of the week here. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Burnley of the week is a team that just wildly didn't deserve that result um, because they got quite lucky either in their defense or in their scoring. They were playing Wolves. <laughs> Fair, but they conceded 1.3 to Wolves. That's how bad Leeds are. That's good defensively for Leeds, um, based on what we know of them. Keeping it down to one point something extra. Out of the last seven Premier League games where Wolves have scored first, they've lost five of them. And uh, they're fucking shit. So uh, this are. is just uh, they've they Connor Cody gone. What? <laughs> That's just awful. One of their three men defence. <laughs> he's gone to Everton. Imagine leaving a club where you're loved and a legend and earn an England spot, even if it is just part of the squad, and you've moved to Everton. Oof. Everton, who are twenty six percent to go down. Leeds are twenty four percent to go down. Those are mm. those are real numbers. Yeah, but you uh, we're not talking about Chelsea this week, but you fucking laboured against that team. And what do you mean? I, we uh, we have to. You have to at least let me say thirty seconds about Chelsea. We've beat Everton for the first time at Goodison since before this podcast existed. So I'm gonna like have some takes. Give me back my time. I didn't tell you to watch it. <laughs> Give me back the time. The damage I did to my retina by watching this fucking game. I told everyone on the Slack at halftime to turn it off because it was going to continue to be boring and no one listened to me. So that's you guys. I guess I should read the scoreline. Everton 0.5, 2 Chelsea 1.6 on XG, 0, 1 on the scoreline. So we probably could have deserved a 2-0 on another day, potentially. I don't know. Pretty mm -hmm. close. Everton set out to make it ugly. Credit to them. They did make it very difficult to score. They packed the shit out of that box and conceded 97 corners. Every time we got anywhere near shooting, they just kicked it out for a corner. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we are fucking terrible at corners. Please, someone make Reese James stay extra at practice to learn how to hit <laughs> literally anybody on our team at the near, far, or middle. <laughs> like, yeah, it was a boring game. I don't know. As P, Thiago Silva in the same back line, too old, too slow. I think we can afford to play one of them, not both of them, but I don't is think that the Is that like an offshoot of Too Fast, Too Furious? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Geriatric edition. (laughs) Geriatric edition. Too old. Drop. Yeah, we already signed Kukurea, which, by the way, down on that signing, he's racist. Look it up. Oh, yeah, he's fucking shit. He just gets attention because, oh, we play for Brighton and he's got hair. He does have have nice hair, I will say that. Um, But I will not be rooting for him um, because, look up, look up the things that he's done. The main stupid talking point for this game it, like Ben Ben Godfrey as well. Like we wish you uh, a very speedy recovery after he fractured his ankle. Oof. I believe he's out for three months. But Everton, there's such a failing of Jordan Pickford and the fucking officials in this country because Everton played a pass back. The ball goes a yard and a half, two yards out of the byline. Pickford decides to play it back in. And rather than just knowing that it's gone out so it'll be fine, decides to run back in. The official doesn't stop the play. Then Chelsea, uh, whoever it was that was there, the winger, come in to play. And then through Godfrey sliding in to stop stop them from scoring is what breaks his ankle. So both Jordan Pickford and the assistants, through being inept by their own actions, caused his three-month injury. It's absolutely fucking baffling. Yeah, and, and even if it hadn't been out of bounds, like, what the fuck was Pickford thinking there? But it he was... played it back in and then decided to sprint back. Like, if he'd have just played it back in and just gone, well, it doesn't matter now. Like, I'll just let that carry on and Chelsea can do whatever. And then, funnily enough, the camera will look at it and go, oh, it was way out. It will just be a goal kick or it will be a corner. Bizarre. You've caused, you've lost one of your centre-backs for three months. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. stupid. And it was gruesome. Um, I did see the replay on Twitter, if anyone who did. So, like, we do wish him a speedy recovery because that was not a small injury. I don't think this says much about Chelsea other than good that we're signing people and let's continue to send people. Um, but this is mostly a squad I think we can run with. Like, when I saw that lineup, I was like, other than Aspi, we could do things with this squad, like real things. So Finish fourth. Sure, that is a thing that could happen. <laughs> <You know? laughs> let's move to Sunday. We had... Uh, Leicester 2, Brentford 2. Do we care about this one? Uh, Leicester throwing away a 2-0 lead. There you go. 0.6, 0.5 on XG, so thoroughly undeserved. Uh, A a draw was deserved, but a 0-0, really. Brentford fans were chanting, um, Jamie Vardy, your wife is a grass, and he didn't score. So I can only assume that the curse is broken. broken. He's he's truly passed it now, then. Finally, the age curve caught up with him. Yeah, and we know he needs his goal bonuses. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's got big bills coming big bills she didn't need the money guys you know she's gonna write a book too it's rebecca vardy's book <laughs> yeah but, but oscar the key is yes she will um uh, but the key is oscar again just remember she didn't need the money she didn't need the money i really wish she would lean into it as a cartoon villain and start doing panto and stuff but I just what you mean like oj simpson I didn't kill my wife, but if I did, this is how I would have done I d- it. I didn't mean exactly like Jason, but sure. <laughs> Seems yeah. a bit harsh of a comparison, if I'm honest. I mean, yeah, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> just back away quietly. Yeah, just done with that. 
Um, back away. Yeah, let's back away straight into a delightful result, and that was Manchester United 1, Brickton 2. Chuck, I know we hate Brighton, but we must love so to see the United suffer. Uh, 1.7 to 1.6 on XG. Man United off to a banter start. Um, we love it. We love it. Ian, thoughts on this game? Maybe something about the Chris, Tristan Eriksen at false nine, potentially? Why not? <laughs> Why not? Let's just throw some fucking names up. And I think I think they've got one of their magnetic whiteboards and he got a load of magnetic names and he just chucked them up and went, yep, yeah, Ericsson, off you go, false nine. I don't have I, I did mention this briefly in the in the preseason thing, but I didn't I I, I really don't want to come across because the, the last thing we want is, you know, English managers constantly getting touted for jobs they don't deserve. But right. I'm not sure I mean that's what we get. That's no matter what, what happens, I know that's exactly. What we're and I don't get. want to. Per- I don't want to perpetuate that. Is what I'm saying. Frank Lampard but- exists, guys. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't want to be part of the thing that perpetuates that. But I'm just not sure that Ten Hag. They should is get necessarily red. No, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even. I'm not even postulating a a alternative scenario. I'm just saying I don't buy into the hype yet. I know he's like an intense, an intense Pep style manager, and uh, you know he's. Oh, we've seen the the training videos where, as, as Adam said on Twitter, he's doing a lot of pointing, and as you said on Twitter, Chuck, he's 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 made them do some passing. They invented which passing, is, yep. which is excellent. Um, but that 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 decision, like uh, Oscar, immediately threw a decision up there of of playing Ericsson where he where he did. The decision to bring bring players on who have. Barely had a preseason. Who uh, uh, some quite young players as well. Who uh, just just like chucking them on. Right, save this mm-hmm. situation. I've got no idea what's going on. That's what it felt like. Um, and I just Man United are the same Man United because they've got the same players. And it's the players that are the problem. I'm not sure about this manager. I don't. I don't know whether he's uh, he's got the ability to turn it round. But ultimately, he's playing with the same team. That they had last year. I looked at that Man United team, that Man United squad that has spent uh, approximately one point three billion pounds on transfers, and for you know what that team needs, Marko Arnautovic, <laughs> thirty-three-year-old <Yeah>. can't score, <laughs> problem in the dressing room. Marko didn't, Arnautovic didn't make it at West Ham. <laughs> yeah, pissed off a lot of people. Uh, racist um, Marko Arnautovic <laughs> nothing says squad harmony like Marko Arnautovic or Adrian Rabiot for or that Adrian matter Rabiot. like fuck me yeah. <laughs> what are you doing yeah. keep doing it keep doing it yeah it's like all the problems you pretended were with Paul Pogba which were let's face it motivated by the colour of his skin Adrian Rabiot actually is has problems <laughs> massive problems with his entourage literally his mum who is crazy and doesn't perform, yeah, get, let's sell Pogba. Let's sell Pogba, buy Pogba back, lose Pogba again for free to give that same club money for another player they don't want. Honestly, I think Man United might be a lot of fun this season. Uh, it, possibly even more fun than last season. Um, I also, I, I always feel like we we do a lot of good work to alienate fan bases. We're, we're very good at that. We're and, really good uh, at it. <laughs> <laughs> Olympic level, I would say, and um, I, I, I always sort of kick against it slightly. But but Man United fans cheering and clapping, he who must not be named when he comes on. What the actual fuck are you thinking? This is a guy who has taken the piss out of your club all. It's summer. embarrassing. 
It's all embarrassing. Summer. He has touted himself anywhere else. I, I, I'd rather be anywhere but here as long as there's Champions League football. But it mm-hmm. turns out, right now, no one else will pay my wages. Maybe in the next few weeks before the transfer window closes, that'll end. But I've, I only turned up at the last game for 45 minutes and then I fucked off home with a load of the other players. And took a load of players with me. Uh, exactly, loaded the other players. Apparently, Ten Hag, uh, the 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 higher ups at the club had no idea that the players were going to go. That's fucking ridiculous. Forcing them into that, forcing his manager into having to sort of, you know, talk about it in the in the post match and and try and mm-hmm. just say it's not a big deal, blah blah blah. When obviously it's a big deal. You shouldn't yep. be fucking leaving a game when there's still forty five minutes to go when you haven't had any fucking pre season at all. And then he comes on. And you, oh, he's back, everyone. Fucking have some self-respect. That's it just, it's just ridiculous. The, the problems that like Pochettino had at PSG, where he had right. this team of absolute superstars that in terms of man management, he could do absolutely nothing with because the owners would turn around and go, we're paying them X, Y, Z amounts of money. You mm. play them. And... That's going to be what they have because all their business model is. And they, they, as a business, they're incredibly successful because the product is absolutely shit and yet everyone, their fans, buy it, eat it up, spend yeah. the money around the world. They fucking love it. So as businessmen, hands down, congratulations, you're exceptional <laughs> because the one th- product that you should be able to provide, 11 people being able to kick a ball well and put it in a goal, yeah. you fail at. And everyone fucking eats that shit up. So yes, exactly that. Eric Ten Hag was doomed to fail, and it's not. It's not about. And that, I don't think that's a comment on him or us saying that Dutch football is a failure because you know Ajax was a completely different system. Um, interesting. That was another system that was built and protected people who were bullies. And I believe there was a situation with Mark Overmars which left made him leave disgraced. Um, I don't want to exactly comment on that in the heat of the moment now because I can't. I don't want to misspeak about it. But they got rid of him for a reason. So you know, good that they're in another organisation now that protects that kind of person. Um, but like the the whole thing's fucking rotten, and it's brilliant. Yeah. And, you know, it's just a shame that it was Brighton that won. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. And uh, to be clear, I just, I, I, I want to say I am reserving judgment on Ten Hag. It is just that I don't, I, I don't know why the media are seeing this as, this is the guy to sort it out. Well, mm. 12 months ago, Rangnick was the guy who would sort it out. Do we remember fucking all media outlets saying, this is smart? This is smart. They're going to get him in, and then he's going to be director of football or whatever. This is this is clever. I like this. Yeah. No. Well, all I'm saying is you've got to reserve judgment on this because they do not make good decisions. He has done good things with Ajax, but it's all all been Dutch football. It's all been Eredivisie, apart from a brief thing with uh, Bayern Munich too. <laughs> but like, I just this time I, it's personal. <laughs> But I just sorry, I am contractually obliged. Any time there's a two, yeah. I will make a sequel joke. Absolutely, it's necessary. Um, but I just think we've got. A, I don't know whether any manager can save this as it is. You know, let alone someone unproven outside no. of the Eredivisie. That's that's all. Fair enough. I don't disagree. <laughs> At some point, the talent will click, but like it does not appear to be yet. So, and it will click for moments. And Marcus Rashford missed a load of sitters, but. Sir you know, Dr. Marcus Rashford, thank you kindly. Sorry, my apologies, but... Um, hey. Thanks. 
Do you think we've we've said a bit obviously there about Ten Hag, and I guess we've spoken a bit about Tuchel and Chelsea and their history of managers. Do you think this is the season where someone goes in for Graham Potter? And would you like to see him at Chelsea, perhaps, Oscar? Uh no. I like Tuchel. Okay. Keep Tuchel. Okay. <laughs> That's it. I mean, I don't know. What the, I don't know what you want me to tell you. I think Tuchel's amazing. I, I, I no? keep him, please. No, as I long just as think possible. that you know Brighton's squad is far greater than the sum of their parts. And uh, perhaps him him coming in for that team, and it really pains me to say. No, but you could be getting into that era of of people looking at him. He's in his what fourth year, and he's he's done good things. At and Brighton. fans have fucking turned on him before. Remember when they were booing him, and he came out in post matches and went, "Perhaps I need a reminder of where this club, uh, yeah. what this club's history is, because I don't believe they've ever been as high as this." Yeah. And you know they had a horrific run, but mm. yeah. I think he's a strong manager, and I think yeah, you you, you might be right. Someone uh, ultimately, Brighton seem to never be able to kick on. Uh, I think a lot of it might be financial, but they just don't seem to be able to make that breakthrough. And mm. yeah, I think a, a manager like Graham Potter could be could be poached by someone inverted commas better. Yeah, um, that's it. That's all the games. There's no other games that happened that were very scary or anything like that. So we could go ahead and just uh, move on to FPL, I guess. Do you guys want to talk Nothing about Nothing else that was absolutely terrifying for all the defences in the league. <laughs> we are all fucked. So all fucked. of us are fucked. So fucked. We are stupid. Oh, we. I And I was thinking about this, uh, this today of thinking of a way to try and articulate this because I, I had even a microcosm of doubt about Holland just being amazing straight away. Then I remembered that penalties exist. Um, <laughs> I, I genuinely forgotten that penalties because Man City have missed so many. And, and then today I was thinking like, if in a match Man City went down to 10 men, You'd still back them to win against seventeen, maybe eighteen of the other teams in the league, right? Yeah, probably right. Yeah, yeah. right. So now take that situation and add the best striker in the world. It doesn't fucking matter if he knows <laughs> the system or not. But evidently, he's incredible, and they're incredible, and they just adjusted, and we're all fucked. Liverpool <laughs> are our last hope. They need to sort out their midfield, otherwise, we're all fucked, Oscar. We'll just be the Bundesliga. <laughs> we can't have this. Only go. Uh, absolute uh. scenes when Chelsea win the title after we get Frankie De Young. Oh, God. You will not. You so will not. Oh, my uh, God. No, that's, no. That's no one's going to be able to catch up to them because they're going to literally win every game and score 700 goals. <laughs> KDB to Holland is going to be like Lampard to Drogba of old. Just like, mm-hmm. just insane FPL numbers and insane regular numbers, too. Like, it's just incredible. Um, go through the numbers. Let's have the numbers. All right. West Ham 0.4 to City's 2.302 on the scoreline. Um, I believe most of that XG was Holland. Underperforming. Well, technically, yes. Yeah. Underperforming by 0.3. So. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Get rid. Yeah. 1.7 XG was Haaland. 1.7. 1.7. Just that. Just the 1.7. Yeah. He moves like I've never seen a soccer player move. Maybe I'm being dramatic. I know it's only one match, but like on a literal like physical level. He reminds me of an, of an NBA player. And I've always said, like, I've uh, the number of times I've had the conversation of what would LeBron look like on a soccer field? Like, imagine if he had chosen soccer instead of basketball. Because he's just like, LeBron is just the most purely, like, athletic human being that I think has ever existed. <laughs> and Holland has that because he's fucking massive, but he can still, like, go from zero to full-out sprint on his first step. 
and his strides are so big. He's so he accelerates his top speed, like everything. There was so the second goal was obviously incredible because the ball from KDB was amazing, and also the fact that because he's lightning, he was so fast he could run, adjust his body into a position that. Like there was no way he couldn't score that effectively because of his quality because he got past it and could curl with his left. And if the keeper didn't go for that and he dummied it, he could tap it in round him with his right. Without taking a pre-touch as well. Could set himself. <laughs> just, just, and then and there was a little bit later on a, a ball and they covered this a bit on Match of the Day where City had recycled from a cross that he'd missed. And he like backed off a little bit to the penalty spot. Yes. Oh my God. Only that was a incredible. tiny bit. And got two yards of separation from uh, from the West Ham defender and then sprinted past them within the penalty area. <laughs> How? He really goes to like full speed on his first step. Like one of the more impressive examples of it to me was the penalty that he earned. Because like, mm-hmm. I don't blame the keeper for coming off his line for that. 99.9% mm-hmm. of like elite athletes have zero chance of getting to that before him. But Holland was like so far away and then all of a sudden his foot was between the keeper and the ball even though the ball started right in front of the keeper and the keeper was moving towards the ball instead mm-hmm. of with the ball. The fucking speed to win that penalty. I my brain was like what? No. Yeah. And then uh, like uh, as Chuck said, you know, uh, from an FPL point of view, you you have to consider penalties because it, yes he won it, but he picked the ball up no one's fucking arguing with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. I imagine if they did a City all or nothing now, it would just be like an eight-part series of like the Ivan Drago montage in Rocky Four. Like that's all it would be. It's just him connected to machines and just how they power him up and just analysing and just people in big white coats taking notes and just him scoring a billion goals. <laughs> Every episode of, of it would just be him looking into middle distance with a steady cam shot like 360 round him yeah. just like for, for an hour you could just watch that and then like, he just fucking hammers a penalty yeah. to, to yeah. the absolute nth degree of, of perfectness of uh, he sprinted of, at the penalty he sprinted yeah, at I the fucking penalty sprinting after one step uh, I almost feel like <laughs> the keeper was surprised at the speed of it I, I didn't watch I didn't see that bit live I was in the car driving home but when I watched later on Match of the Day I saw him line out for the penalty and I was like oh this will be interesting he sprinted at the fucking penalty <laughs> I I would be afraid to save it. I would be afraid of a keeper trying to save it. Just get out of the way. Just like, yeah. just yeah. How long before they just stand at the post and just go, just fucking have it, mate? <laughs> it's like fucking Austin Powers, the henchman. Just, just fall down. Just, just don't worry about it. <laughs> oh yeah. And like we're we're being so reductionist because the way City played and there's all these tactical maps and the way players are playing and inverting <laughs> yeah, inverted the fullbacks, fullbacks and all of this, and, yeah. and we're just here like big man run fast. <laughs> I mean, genuinely though, like that's the overriding emotion watching that. Like, oh, it, like it, it really felt weird. He really moves the way basketball players move. They're huge but fast and strong, and mm. like, like they move quicker than something that big should be able to move. NBA players specifically, yeah. Um, and it's always over short distances because they're not covering a giant field. So they like have to mm-hmm. go from zero to sprinting past you and dunking all of a sudden, right? And that explosiveness, I've, I've never seen that in a soccer player. Not like this. I mean, I, I had seen like highlights of him and stuff, but like. 
R R nine probably the only from growing up as a kid. Like, yeah, I mean that was before my time. Like, I saw him at World Cups, but I don't. I never yeah. saw him play club. So, like, I don't. I'm before, not before like the familiar. big injuries in like ninety nine, two thousand, or whenever it was, um, it, it just exactly like just did things that were uh, you couldn't believe someone of his size. I mean, we yeah. haven't necessarily seen that with Haaland yet, but um, R nine it was like the close control to then boosting past you in that way like yeah. the lightning fast acceleration yeah the, the change up of speed you're absolutely right yeah, yeah and they've uh, you know kind of like we mentioned before with with Kane with Tottenham and, and dropping off City have kind of replicated that but instead with like Cancelo <laughs> and Gundogan and so it's like they've still got that threat up front that now it's like uh, the the fullbacks inverting to in front of the centre-backs um, and maybe it was because, you know, West Ham were playing narrow as well when they could just do that. And they could be like the, the, the holding midfielders. And then Cancelo and Gundogan kind of alternating and the defence going, right, so do we follow Gundogan and allow this fucking Nordic meat shield to run behind us? <laughs> or do we leave Gundogan so he gets the ball and passes it to the Nordic meat shield behind us? Like, it, it just felt inevitable that the ball was going to get to him. And you know what? They weren't even on the same page yet. They like no. weren't particularly finding his runs. He wasn't timing them particularly well. Like there was a lot of awkwardness still there yeah. that you can tell that they're mm. learning each other. That's so fucking terrifying. <laughs> yeah. The fact that he doesn't need time to get the run. You know what I mean? Like he could try yeah. to run. No, fuck it. I'll write reset. Try again. Reset. Try again. The, the, yeah. Because he, he only needs to take one step backwards and that's enough distance for him to like get up to a sprint. I mean, like you said, like when he drew to the penalty spot and then still beat, like that was insane. He sprinted at a penalty from inside the box. <laughs> but so he moved so what, far. <laughs> what you said about uh, the the in, inverted fullbacks and the, and the narrowness there was interesting because the, the narrative was that with a, a, a man like Harland um, being your focal point, it's, it's going to be about width. And they showed that, it, like you say, nope. even even without it necessarily fully clicking one hundred percent of the time, it still looked it still looked impressive. And I, yeah. I don't want this just to be the the Holland show, but I mean, it's it's hard not to be because uh, it was it was a really impressive performance, and I think it's. I've always been one of these very simple people who goes, oh, if, if if Man City had a, had a nine, they'd be great, which is ridiculous, obviously, because they've been great anyway. But it is scary. The the 99 mm -hmm. goals they scored last season, if if, if he yeah. does even yeah. half of what he's capable of. There's, it's, it's, there, it's, there, there's such a mad team that it's like Holland does all these things to occupy people, to allow space behind him for this um, little known player called Kevin De Bruyne. If teams start doubling up on Holland, it, you're going to leave massive gaps elsewhere for the incredible players they've got. I mean, it's just it could be it could be crazy. It really could. We're all fucked. <laughs> yeah, every Honestly, team I'm, is. Fucked. I feel lucky to be able to watch this. I'm I'm, I'm excited. And that yeah. is why we're getting we are so... watching. We are watching the Premier League get ruined in real time now, and we're loving it. Yeah, a hundred percent. They could score 150 goals. Fuck it. Like, I'm here. <laughs> I'm sorry about all the hyperbole, but it's genuinely exciting. Is it? Is it? Because they've scored 100 goals. And, like, 
He's so here's here's something that I saw. He is only the uh, second player other than Sergio Aguero to score a brace on his debut for Man City. And he was pissed off he didn't get a hat trick because he got a hat trick on his Bundesliga debut and his Champions League debut. And hence why he <laughs> said to Jeff Shreves, it was shit that he got subbed because he wanted he another goal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my God, that's incredible. Oh, after a great post-match where he said shit twice as well. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like Mit- Mitrovic um, with his exceptional goal record after two has scored 45 goals in his last 45 games. Now, that's, like, impressive at any level. And I think Haaland is, like, 145 in 145. We're all fucked. We're fucked. Yeah, we're fucked. We're fucked. Um, so fucked. So should we use this as a transition then to FPL? Ian, go ahead, Bragg. You're the only one that had him. Had that feel? Yeah, the only reason I went for him is because, actually, it's a, it's a sort of lucky decision, to be honest, uh, in FPL. Because if, if you'd have asked me, I'd have said Kane was probably more likely to be the highest scorer in game week one. Um, because I expected multiple goals uh, from Tottenham. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. And you'd expect Kane to be involved. But I also knew that I was then going to go, providing there were no injuries or anything in my FPL team, I was going to go Kane to Haaland. So I decided why even book that transfer. Yeah, yeah, just... yeah. I remember you, sa- you saying that. I'll corroborate that. He actually did that as well. <laughs> I did say it and I did do it. <laughs> But the thing is, I was worried about other things. You know what game week one's like. You you pick a team and then you find that two of your players weren't picked, mm-hmm. weren't starting, weren't even on the bench. And you're like, oh, fuck, they're not even in the manager's plan. So I was always like, you've got to allow for that. I can't be booking in transfers and I'd rather have Haaland, Haaland for the, the, the rest of it. So a little bit lucky because if I'm absolutely honest, I, I thought that game week one would probably be uh, Kane's game week over him. And that was wrong. But yeah, I mean, uh, Oscar, you've entered an FPL team. What's going on there? Yeah, so recurring character and my real life friend, my buddy Nick, <laughs> um, that's his full name now, is yeah. uh, was like, what's the deal with FPL? Because I, I was like, oh, it's your second season. Maybe you like push yourself in a new direction to like explore your fandom even more, convince him to do our Fantrax League. Uh, I think he had a lot of fun building the Fantrax team and like doing the draft and stuff. And so then like the day before the season starts, he's like, yo, should we do FPL? Or should I do FPL? I was like, I'll do it with you if you want like some company or whatever. And he was like, yes. And I was like, you son of a bitch, I'm in. Because I just needed the smallest <laughs> excuse <laughs> to fall off the wagon. <laughs> um, but I'm going to be keeping it casual. As I said to you guys, five minutes a week. I'm not like sitting and reading articles and listening to podcasts and doing spreadsheets. No spreadsheets, just vibes. Uh, and turns out I'm much better when I don't think. Um, because I had a hell for of a one, game week. For one week. I had a hell of a game week. For, for one week. week. Yeah. But I am top yeah. of the second, I believe, in the Patreon League. No, fifth in the Patreon League. I was second yeah. before the City yeah. game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, we mentioned it because this year we have launched our inaugural Open Public League. Um, so welcome for joining that. Uh, you two can still join. Uh, the join link is on our Twitter. You can also put in uh, the league DG63MA. Or, if you're thinking, Chuck, I'm not going to fucking open my Fantasy Premier League to, to do this shit. Go go to the show notes. There's a there's a link there. Press that on it's your podcast. Right look, look, look right now. Press your home screen button. Go on your podcast. Look at that. Home screen button? What are we, on iPhone 4s? <laughs> I don't fucking know how tech works. I'm living in the past. <laughs> so you can enter there. Winner will be getting a mystery shirt box delivered to their house. And each week we're going to read out the top 10. And this week, starting in 10, we have uh, a tie. Tom Townley with AFC Chicken Factory. and New producer, Tom Townley. Woo, producer. Bloop, 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 bloop. 
we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, Baby Jota, Gabriel Penaloza. Nice name. I like that. On 75 points. On 76, we go to Vin Lee with his team, question mark. Uh, <laughs> Enigmatic. <laughs> in seventh, we have uh, Darwinista Evolution, Diego DeLorio and Sons of Pitches, Oliver Battersby. In sixth, a gird of honorary. Uh, that is Adam Robinson, Zaha. Oh yes, Gerald Griffith, clearly a Palace fan. Uh, McGinnon Tonic, other Patreon hey. producer, Johnny Worthington on eighty-five, eighty-eight points, playing his triple captain game week one for the third year in a row on Absolute Salah. Legend. Sam Van Damby uh, with Here Comes the Sun, producer uh, Chris Smith with a classic chicken tikka mo Salah on ninety-two points. Wow. And kicking off the season with a, uh, I guess because it's one point short, a disappointing <laughs> 99 points and a game week rank of 1,926 in the world is FTI Die FC Safira Gold. 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 He hasn't got, where's the button? Uh. <laughs> Thank you. It's in the contract. Uh, 99 points. Incredible, incredible start to the season. To quote my mom when I came back with the highest score on the physics midterm my junior year of high school, why not 100? <laughs> oh, mate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that just turned into a sad story. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that's our FPL league. You can also, there's another game right down there in the show notes, uh, the Predictor League. Uh, you can put in where you think each of the 20 teams is going to finish this season. Again, entry is free, £50. £50 to the winner for nothing. You're nothing. still All allowing you entries to that, Chuck. Yeah, I'm going till game week eight this year. Wow, okay. Yeah, game week eight. So I'm letting all you scummers get in there, but obviously earliest wins in the event of a tie. £50 to the winner. I can see you all tweeting out your, your league predictions, where you think teams are going to finish. Put your money where your bloody mouth is, baby. All right, well, enough of that shit. Because <laughs> you know what time it is, boys. It's quiz time. Oh, quiz time. Quiz with me. My quiz. Quiz mine. This year quiz. It is time for game. Game for quiz. Quiz with Oscar. Oscar quiz. Quiz time. Oh, I love the fact because of the delay, it never quite worked. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are going to keep it going just like last week with higher, lower, or exactly right. Oh, good. That was fun. Uh, and this week's edition, hope you boys have been studying. It's game week one. So we got to start off with the number one team of all time, the best team in the history of the game. These are Crystal all Palace. facts about Chelsea Football Club. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, Higher, <laughs> lower, or exactly right, Chelsea edition. Chuck, you are currently in the lead. To sum up, you won last week, so it is 1-0 on the overall quiz score. So I will uh, throw to you first. Mm -hmm. uh, last season, Mason Mount was both the top scorer and the top assister for Chelsea Football Club. How many goals plus assists did Mason Mount get last year? Um, 20. 20. Chuck thinks that Mason Mount got 20 goals plus assists last season. Ian, did he go higher, lower, or exactly correct? I would say lower than that. Point to Chuck. It was it. 21. 11 oh, goals and 10 good assists. Good guess in the first place. Very good guess in the first place, Chuck. That's really weird because this shows my maths in my head. I thought it was nine goals, 12 assists, so went 20. 
<laughs> there you go. Oh, what a twat. Oh, Such a hollow victory. What an idiot. Oh, man. Genuinely upset with himself. I'm so, I'm so annoyed. Uh, well, you got the point anyway, so let's keep going. Disappointed. Um, this year, in this year's FPL game, the highest owned Chelsea player is Reese James. <laughs> I genuinely thought he was going to go, Reese who? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that kind of game. Um, Mr. Stimson, what percentage of FPL managers own Reese James? Oh, that's a good one. Okay, there was a bit of a... He, he was started off very highly owned, and then I think there was a bit of a dropout of Chelsea when... All right, fucking you know, come on. ...pre-season. Sorry, I'm buying time. Um, <laughs> I will say uh, 35%. 35%. Chuck, is it higher, lower, or exactly right? Nah, higher than that. It's got to be up in the 40s. Ding, ding, point to Chuck. It is 40.1%. Ian, you are not good at this game, man. No, no, no good. Chuck... Chelsea Football Club has a very, very successful record in the FA Cup, being the third most winning club, I believe. I don't know that for sure, um, but I'm pretty sure that's right. <laughs> just, saying it. just saying it. Just saying it. How many times have Chelsea won the FA Cup in their history? <laughs> the third most winningest club. <laughs> You've been in so many finals recently and lost, and lost a lot of them. I lost a lot. Yeah. We've been in five of the last six, I believe, finals. Yeah, and lost four of those five. I'm going to say you've won it seven times. Seven times, Mr. Stimson, has Chelsea won the FA Cup more, less, or exactly seven times? I'll go more. Ding, ding, ding. Point to Ian. It is eight. Eight times we have won it. Chuck, another good guess. I know, Chuck, you're right on it with these guesses. It is 1970, 1997, 2000, 2007, 2009, 2010, 2012, and 2018. All right, let's keep it going. The most appearances by a Chelsea player is by someone named Ron Harris, who played there from 1961 to 1980. How many appearances... Did Ron Harris make for Chelsea Football Club the most appearances? This is a total random guess here. I have n- not a clue. Uh, I will go uh, most appearances. Uh, 150? Jesus, fuck. Higher. That, you, yeah, lose. Yeah. <laughs> you lose. You lose. I'm yeah. going to wait. Can I guess a number? Can I guess a number? Yes, you can. Ian, 150 appearances is nothing. You said nothing. 150 appearances for Chelsea. You I dick. think I had a brain fart there. Yeah. <laughs> for context, Cesar, Cesar Azpilicueta, is, who's in seventh place, has... 477. 726. Ooh, very close. Very close. Uh, 795. 795. I can only apologise. I don't know what I was thinking. I, I don't know whether I had FA Cup still in my head or what. I'm sorry. That that's like two seasons ridiculous. nowadays. Yeah, yeah that's really nothing. That's <laughs> really nothing. I've played Insane. for Chelsea more times than that. I'm pretty sure like Timo has almost 100 appearances <laughs> at this point. <laughs> R.I.P. Timo, by the way. Bye. Yeah. And Benteke. Oh, we haven't mentioned that. Oh, I'm oh. so sad still. Club legends. Sorry. Yeah. Condolences. <laughs> it really is. 3-1. Uh, 3-1. This one's for the win, Chuck. I mean, morally, you deserve to yes, win all the games. Yes, correct. But Thanks, mate. the most goals scored in all competitions by a Chelsea player is by the one and only Frank Lampard from 2001 to 2014. 
How many goals in all competitions did Frank Lampard score for the Blues? Uh, d- two. For Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, pre- his Premier League goals, I believe, is 177. Some of those would have been City. Remember, Jackie then- only had four appearances, so... <laughs> I'm going to say 208. Ooh, 208. Mr. Stimson, is it more higher than, less, greater than, more than, less than? (laughs) (laughs) I forgot the name of the game. Uh, Equal to. (laughs) Jesus fucking wet. (laughs) Got a new new respect for Bruce Forsyth. Frank Lampard, Um, 208 goals for Chelsea. More, less, or equal? uh, Less. Oh, Ian... Sorry, did you expect more from me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot that was my music again. <laughs> oh, dear. I have to say, Chuck, you really deserved this one. Your guesses were so close. It is 211. You were oh, off by three. Jesus. Incredible guessing this week, Chuck. Incredible guessing. That is 2-0 to Chuck on the quizzes so far this year. Ian's already thinking... And about asking Oscar to change which which structure we use. Um, <laughs> no, if my idiocy is highlighted, that's just fine. It's, it's not a problem. It'll probably get edited out. That's the problem. No, the quiz no. just get edited out. Um, the, the whole quiz just the whole quiz gone. gone. Each week, my score just keeps going up, and no one else gets to hear the quiz. Uh, it'd probably be for the best. Uh, we mentioned a few times uh, we've had some uh, new patrons. <laughs> Uh, big shout out to the man himself, Mr. Adam P, for joining us, and for Tom Townley for joining us at the producer level. Uh, we have all sorts of stuff going on. Patreon.com forward slash Miles Offside Pod. Loads of tears. The Slack is a genuinely wonderful part of the internet, believe it or not. Uh, you get uh, another FPL league and you get all sorts of extra goodies and, and producer, producer content as well. We also obviously run our extra podcasts. Uh, we we dip into FPL a little bit, but if you're looking for FPL tips uh, from a genuine FPL expert in myself and also Ian's there, um, <laughs> you can get those each week, as well as when Oscar does something excitingly nerdy, uh, such as go to an incredible Star Wars experience in uh, Disney World in Florida. Um, and you too. Yeah, so do I need to come on to the FPL podcasts now since I'm the best one of the three of us? Or um... you okay. One week, mate. Uh, one week. <laughs> Um, fixtures Saturday the 13th of August Saturday deadline 11 o'clock UK time Um, other time zones are available Um, 7.30 Eastern 4.30 Western thank you Uh, Aston Villa versus Everton stay in bed guys Um, 3 o'clock 3 o'clock we get Arsenal Leicester Brighton Newcastle Man City Bournemouth oof oh triple captain Orland (laughs) Jesus I Christ. Know, I don't hate it. Uh, <laughs> Southampton leads Wolves Fulham and Brentford Man United, the Christian Eriksen derby to finish off Sunday. There's another banana skin for you where Eric Ten Hag, who has moved to Eric Nine Hag, goes to Eric Eight Hag as we count down the number of fixtures he has yes! left. <laughs> uh, Sunday, the 14th of August. Nottingham Forest versus West Ham. This one's, this one's for, for all the, the hams. hams. <laughs> Chelsea versus Tottenham in the Oscar sits behind his sofa derby. And Monday, 15th of August, Jurgen Klopp gets his revenge at Anfield by taking it out on Patrick Vieira's men in red and blue. I'm fucking terrified, I tell you right now. But we're, we're doing good things. You know, we're doing good things. Yeah, good vibes. You always going to have a rough start. Don't worry. 
Yeah, I know. I just would like a goal and some points. Um, let's get the fuck out of here, shall we? This is it. Uh, here's to all of you. Thank you for joining us. Um, another crazy week of uh, Barcelona watch. Enjoy as they gradually dig themselves into more fraud <laughs> and more debt. Uh, say goodbye, Oscar Puente. Bye. Say goodbye, Ian Stimson. Bye-bye. And as ever, thank you to our wonderful Patreons, Nate, Mark, Sam, Jeff, Andy, and Tom. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.